think we're ready, aren't we? Second Samuel chapter 13. It's called the dysfunctional royal family. The high price of sin is found in this story that uh, revolves around the king and his royal family. The first of many uh, painful consequences of David's sin came with the death of the first child of David and Bathsheba. And that's what we looked at last week. Um, David mourned and he petitioned God for the the child to live and uh, yet the child didn't. God took the child and as we saw, David responded to that that rightly and that he knew that that's what God was going to do and he was settled with that because that was over. Now we come to chapter 13 which is the next traumatic consequence of David's sin, it's the rape of his daughter Tamar uh, by his son Amnon. And uh, of course then there will be a murder of his son Amnon by Absalom. So it kind of continues on with the consequences. And uh, you know, if you're like me, you're probably, your head swims sometimes when you start thinking of David's family, um, his relatives and such, and the characters in this plot here that we're dealing with here tonight. You have David, you have Jonadab, you have David's uh, nephew, that's Jonadab, you have the son of David's third brother, Shemiah, that's Amnon, and then David's firstborn son of Ahinoam, and Tamar and Absalom. And... uh, Tamar and Absalom, daughter and son of Makkah, David's third wife. <laughs> Does that kind of get you spinning? That's why I kind of copied that down. It's uh, you have brothers, yeah, and then you have um, some of his wives. We don't, we didn't put like some of the other ones, and we think of Bathsheba. She's not in there because this story is involving um, maybe some other people. Now, he was married to Mashal, and she had no children, if you remember. Abinoam had Amnon at this time, then there was Abigail, then there was Makkah, which is Absalom and Tamar. And uh, you'll, so you'll see some of those names there. Uh, David, one of his brothers, was Shemiah, who had a son by the name of Jonadab. If you see that on the chart there. So that's basically involving what we're dealing with just in this one chapter, these particular characters. Jonadab happens to be really a nephew of David, as Shemiah is his brother, and he had a son, Jonadab, right? And so you have Amnon, which is from uh, Ahinoam, and Makkah is Absalom and Tamar. But they're all related. They're like half-brother, half-sister, that kind of thing. They're related, no doubt about it. (coughs) So in this tragedy of David's family, a number of people, you know, here are members of this royal family, and and even people that were close to the family, like the servants, are involved in this tragedy. Uh, It all starts off with Amnon and what he does, and then that's David's firstborn son. Um, and you remember his first wife, he didn't have any, right? Uh, but, yeah, she never bore David a child. Ahinoam is David's second wife. Uh, that's the first to bear him a son. This makes Amnon the firstborn son of David, who would be the most likely to be the next king. But that won't happen. He would be the likely successor to David's throne, king of Israel. So that kind of gets us set up for what we uh, look at tonight. Let's pray. Father, great God, You are certainly a holy God. And as we see mankind, we see the nature of sin and the consequences that go with it. No matter how painful they are, You are heading up the story here. You are involved 
you're not just behind the scenes, but we see you as a God that is holy and righteous in every way. Uh, at the same time, you're merciful. You are just and merciful. You are gracious and loving. What a character you have. But we look at people. And we look at people even who believe in you. And we wonder why they do the things they do. <clears throat> the Bible tells on us. But you, Lord, your purpose is to convert us and not only that, to start transforming us into the very image of Christ. That certainly takes a great supernatural act. And that's what you're doing, even despite all the things that we see that's going on that is unholy. Lord, may we take uh, heed to this story and recognize that we as mankind need to continually be shaped by you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. First 14 verses going to be dealing with Amnon and his sin against Tamar. And uh, quite quite the story. We're all familiar with it. But as we look at it, uh, it just kind of uh, makes you sad to see how all this could happen. And David is a part of this story. He, he will be seen in this. And some of the things that he doesn't do, we'll wonder why as we've seen some of the things that he has done. So in um, the first verse, it says after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill, for she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He said to him, O son of the king, why are you so depressed morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Then Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. Jonadab then said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me some food to eat and let her prepare the food in my sight, that I may see it and eat from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent to the house for Tamar, saying, Go now to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. Okay, Amnon has a very serious problem. He's fallen in love with his beautiful half-sister. He just can't let it go. And uh, it gets to him and he thinks about her constantly, even though that is not the thing to be doing at all. According to the law of Moses, no way should he even even think or do this kind of act. Let's say in Leviticus 20.17. Now this is uh, David's son. And you would have thought that he would have known the law. Well, maybe he did. But I don't think at this juncture it really matters. Vel, can you read 17 there? 2017. It says, If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her naked, and sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they should be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. She, He shall bear his guilt. Should I continue? That's good there. That is telling us very clearly, and of course takes his sister, and it even says father's daughter or mother's daughter, which even would pertain to this situation, wouldn't it? So the word is clear. There is no way that this should ever happen, and it's considered to be disgraceful. Matter of fact, in the version you just read there, Vil, uh, did it say, was it wicked or evil? 
It's a wicked thing. And so that is not right at all. And uh, why he continues on with it, to even play with the idea, uh, we see what happens as a result of it. Now we're not told that Amnon loves Tamar, even though it seems like it. Seems like he even wants to marry her. He is taken by her beauty. Actually, he has one thing in mind. One thing, and that's it. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that's the way that men are in their animal nature. It's not right, but that kind of comes with the package. They must tame that, shouldn't they? I believe we're told that Amnon wants to have sex with Tamar, but she's a virgin. And she wants to stay that way until she's married, married properly to somebody. She has a commitment to make, and I, I will see that in the story as it, as it develops. We definitely see her character, but he's frustrated. He, he can't, can't get to her, and he knows that he's not supposed to. Well, I find it interesting that he says that she's a virgin, so I can't touch her. So if she were like worldly and like women, yeah then he could probably go about that and get away with it. So I think the fact that she's a virgin prevented that from going there, causing it to go to where it's about to go. Yeah, she has a commitment that's right, that's godly, that's biblical. You wait till marriage. And, you know, yeah, but if she was really a loose woman, you know, he, it would probably be a lot easier for him yeah. to make this kind of contact. So, you know, you think he's ill, maybe like lovesick, maybe thinking about it constantly, uh, probably not getting much sleep. I wonder, did they grow up together? Were they around each other? Were they around each other? It seems like this is just kind of a new factuation that kind of shows up. Well, they're related. They live in the king's house. Uh, it doesn't say, you know, what, what the deal was before, but he got up to a, a, I don't even know what what their ages are here, but uh, she's got his attention. And yeah, his hormones are really playing with him. Upset stomach, lack of appetite. Yeah, Frida. Yeah. That would... He, want, he really wants something that is not his. What's that called? Coveting. 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 And that's exactly what he's doing here. So there's a lot of a lot of the Ten Commandments broken here tonight, boy. Just all shattered. And after reading that Leviticus passage, you know, it says to not have your father's wives, you know, we know later on, not jumping ahead. Uh, you are jumping ahead. I am. <laughs> I'm not jumping ahead. Spoiler. I just wrote that one verse. <laughs> yeah. See, I used the <laughs> 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 Just saying, guys. A A lot of things. I mean, this is just... I mean, this would be an R-rated movie, wouldn't it? I mean, hands down. Do you think God would keep those kind of stories out of the Bible? Shame on Him. You'd want to keep it out of your... It's your family history. You don't want that stuff in there. Yeah, especially the son of David. You don't want that stuff in there. We would have written that out, wouldn't we have? Mankind would. Now, Jonadab comes into the scene here, and David has an older brother, Shemia, and uh, <clears throat> Jonadab actually is a cousin of <laughs> Amnon, right? <clears throat> so, and in this story, we see he's a friend. Well, can cousins be friends? Yeah, I mean, they're very close. Very, very close. They've piled around probably all their lives, however long that is. Probably not that long. Uh, he sees that Amnon is depressed. Well, he knows Amnon very well. Amnon's probably not one to go around and be depressed. And it just continued. So he asked Amnon, what, what, what's wrong? What's the problem? 
And uh, he told him the story, you know. He's in love with Tamar, his sister. <laughs> Here's where a really good friend would say, you need to stop right now. And that is God's Word. Not to even be even thinking and dwelling on this. It's where you got into trouble. If you drop it, you take your eyes off, get away, whatever it is, you know, you have to kill this and you know starve it. Um, so you know, he asks Amnon what's wrong, and he and he tells him. And I'm not willing uh, to exactly say that his plan here is to enable his friend to rape Tamar. It's never said that that's what he wants him to do, but he's thinking maybe just the natural actions will go on and go forth or whatever. Yeah, probably, I mean, what's, what's what this, Penny? What would Kenny? you expect to happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> what else could happen? You know, here? my first impression of this, those two have been in this long stuff as it is to, to encourage this long time. Right. Yeah, you're talking like some of the Because if this guy was just, if he was as close to the other cousins, so that. Yeah, and maybe he's thinking, okay, if he seduces her, then maybe they might even marry. Well, that's a ridiculous thought, you know. I mean, but that would somehow make it right. Well, other kings did that, didn't they? And kings' families, and we know about Herod and by the time of Jesus. They always did things like that. You can imagine what all the pagans did, right? It's the way of the world. That's right. So it must be okay. Uh, I will tell you this, though. It is a devious, wicked scheme that the cousin proposes here. You know? And so that's not a really good friend, is it? He should have come along and said, "You've got to, you you can't do this. You know, you got to stop. This is not natural. This is not the thing to do." So that plan makes David a participant now. So David goes there, and uh, uh, David. David sent to the house for Tamar, saying, "Go now to your brother Ammon's house." Why did David house. do that? Really? Well, that's a did good David question. Not know? No, it seems like a. I mean, it seems like a. It is like <laughs> I know. You know, you go take care of your brother. Go take care of your brother. He wants your company. So they got servants to make cakes. They got professional people that are the the cooks and people that could take care of them. So why are you after that one specific? Daughter of David. I mean, David already. is pretty sure he's still going through what he's going through with the Holy Uriah and the baby. This can't be like that far along after all of this, can it? Yeah, it's Like even oh, like yeah, a it's year or so. Yeah, it's Sure, because he's got all these kids. Yeah. I mean, he's got all these kids. Well, that's what I didn't understand either. So this is the oldest son? Amon? Of uh, the. Amnon. Amnon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the oldest born. He's the one supposed to be. He would be the next in line for king. See, now right. that's where that cousin does that. That's, I mean, that's why he did that. Because he thinks this guy's going to be king and he's going to Yeah, he can get away with it. That's why he's sitting there saying, you know, you should just take whatever you want. So it's kind of. I mean, that's the one thing. Yeah, I just feel like they all knew what was going to happen. Or here's the possibility. Come into your room and. Maybe David's not thinking this all the way through here. I, you know, I don't think that he would want that to happen. But he doesn't do anything other than he gives an executive order. We got plenty of yeah. Cakes and bring your shut up and be sick. Why is the sister? The culture is just different, you know. It's it's back then. Uh, I believe that you know because she's a woman. The sister is still a sister, so she's still a woman. Yeah, and 
Well, it's yeah. funny that he yeah. didn't, you know, go yeah. to herself, and, or, or of course he's supposed to be sick. Right. But maybe have some people of of his just go to go to her. But coming from David, the father, then that is going to make her go. Otherwise, she, she really probably wouldn't go. Yeah, but right. there's also, you know, there's also the fact that they are siblings and they did grow up in the same household, and they're still they've been they've been around each other for a long time. From what it sounds like, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like there's any indication that there was. But it might kept, but they also because they kept for different mothers. Yeah. So everybody might have their own household. I mean, yeah, because he's a king, but I mean, still a father who has his kids, a father who has his kids, they all come together. Cousins are still hanging out with each other. Even if I didn't know what had happened, even if I didn't know the end of the story, it would all sound hokey. What is the deal? I mean, it's one thing about hey, okay, uh, make me uh, some some cakes and and that kind of thing, but where I can watch her and then eat out of her hand. No, that's strange. And he says that to David. He said that to David, so I can watch her eat out of his hand. Well, that's what what. I'm just trying to figure out why nobody stopped it. I mean, there it's like they all had to know. This all goes back to David and what he did. Uriah, well, and having so many wives and kids for right. different wives. Exactly, I mean, what, you're exactly right. What though. this you kid is it doing. Is, it's, guilt, it's guilt parenting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, that's. It's guilt parenting. Like, what, what Amon did with his sisters pretty much so different what David did with your wife. The, that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, different. this whole story, there's a lot of parallels here. And, and matter of fact, David gets um, he he commands other people to do for him. As he's doing it here, he's, uh, there are messengers that are involved here. He sent messengers to Tamar's house. That's and what I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I think that David's still not over what he's done. Yeah, he's really naive. You um, know. He's got. He's got to be. Why do you keep making excuses for these people? I don't think they all had to know. How could you not know? What, what Amnon says is disgusting. If something, if something like this would have happened prior, like God would have put it in here, but since nothing has happened, it just seems like another normal day, like another normal event, another normal life in the day in the life of these people as they're growing up. So this event doesn't stick out more than normal except for the fact that the one brother is really ill you know because I remember when I was sick you know my sister took care of me you know and as we grow up we all go we all live in our own places now but we still visit I guess we still go to each other and there's that trust there's that bond that's like okay if I get really sick or hurt or something you know I can lean on them to help take care of me you know and I think David might possibly be seen in that way. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay, because I don't think David wants this to happen. I mean, oh, just you know, I'm not gonna. You know. yeah. I think I really think that he's thinking, ah, oh, it's brother and sister. Yeah, is, maybe they have a, you know, a, maybe that'll make him feel better. They have a, a bond there. He's yeah. thinking they wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything. I don't think it's even passing his mind. Yeah. And that's what the ignorance of us men are like. We just, you know. I feel like we just kind of look at situations like that and go, okay. And then we just kind of don't really read that much into it. Until like maybe a little bit after. He should have been much more aware though. That's the thing. I think David is really, really naive. And I think that he is thinking that, hey, it's going to be okay. Just, yeah, I'll get somebody take care of the sick son, and then, you know, he's really gullible. That too, because he's his oldest, he's going to be king, you know. And he's not a good dad. He's really not. And he fa- and Samuel. 
Do you remember Samuel? He was not a good dad. Eli was not a good dad. Uh, they weren't around, and they didn't teach him the things of God, but a lot of times there's guilt there whenever, you know, and so he wants his older son, and he probably has a way of being able to get to his dad in a way that he knows how to do it. Right, right. I mean, the cousin said meal, like, have her make a meal for you, and his son choose to go with cakes. I mean, that sounds like a pretty tasty meal to me. <laughs> like good, good meal choice there, buddy. Okay, we're gonna move on. We're gonna Now you got people present that are there. Uh, you know, of course, they're under Amnon's authority. You know, in that sense, oh, but should have been making the cakes. And- yeah, right. Yeah. And here's where, we're, if there was any, like maybe question. Before now, it's like they're all ushered out of the room. If they're all present and everything, that's one thing, isn't it? Okay, you go, all right. But now, um, let's just take verse 8 and through 14. That'll finish the first section. Can you can you get that, Abel? Yeah. So tomorrow went her brother Amon's house. And he was laying down. Then she took flour and kneaded it, making cakes in his sight and baking the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them before him, but he refused to eat. <coughs> then Amon said, Have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Then Amon said to Mar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amon, her brother, in the bedroom. Now when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing, and I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not heed her voice, and being stronger than she, he forced her to lay with him. He forced her and lay with her. Ooh. Yeah. Um. I'm not gonna lie, that was a little weird to read out loud. Yeah. It, wasn't it? Yeah. Felt it kind was, of weird, skin didn't skin it? Was like, felt like something I should read in my head. <laughs> and and you know maybe David was thinking, okay, all the servants and they're all in the room there and everything. You know, if, even if the thought occurred, he's thinking, oh no, yeah, surely you know, and he's sick anyway. Yeah. You know, David is he's sick. You know, yeah, he's sick, all right. And I mean, but what we're looking at on David now, though, is. We see in this whole story um, faults of David, very, very weak in a lot of areas, and his family life is really bad. In and how he um, responds to all of this. Now, um, so what I, in like verse eight, you know, with the son being sick and wanting, you know, somebody maybe to trust. Uh, you know, Amon trusts his sister, so therefore, you know, maybe he thinks he was sick from food, you know, somebody trying to poison him. You know, yeah, see what I'm saying? So he wants somebody he trusts to make the food in front of him, you know, so he can watch. So to me, that seemed like, you know, that, that seemed innocent enough. But once you get past that and he sends the people out and he goes to the bedroom, you know, as like a person... <laughs> In a situation like her, you know, it almost feels like Uriah should have said what his sister had said to King David. Like she said all the things that probably Uriah could have said, or that Shiva could have said to David. Yeah. You know, yeah, like don't do this, that. like this isn't right, you know. Right. But uh, so it's kind of the whole parallel thing is kind of interesting. You what know? do you think about the people in the room? 
is it possible that those who left the room uh, had no sense of maybe what could follow out of this? Or were they kind of afraid to say anything or kind of maybe resist this, protest what was going on? I mean, I think they were... And when they sent out, now the maybe story maybe. has developed for sure right. now, isn't it? Because they're going to like, maybe like, well, Yeah, they're hoping for the best. I hope it's not what I'm thinking here. Because I don't see, I don't see them accusing the sister in this at all. I don't see, you know, tomorrow being blamed. It doesn't blame. matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It does. That's a disgusting thing. I'm saying that, like when they, when you look at the two, when you look at the son, and you look at tomorrow, she's very outspoken about her, you know, virginity and her. Her, her saying, just ask the king if I can, if you can have me, he'll let you let us get married. We can do it right. She's like so stern about that. And tomorrow, we don't really know what kind of kind of guy this is. Oh, I mean, according, really according, according, according to this, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, he had that, he had that over, you know, it just came upon him so suddenly, and you know. Not responsible. I'm saying the desire to love his sister. He's had this desire for a long time. He says that this desire it's just disgusting. showed up. He says it just it didn't just show up. Oh, it had been a while. Yeah. It, it had been a while. Yeah, here. he was and making himself sick. His well, yeah, cousin I, wants to know what I'm saying when it showed up, it showed up and then started making him ill. Because it just showed up. Because he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't have his way. It, it's oh, part of the curse of David. He's been her for a long time. I'm Absalom saying, was, they, you know, Absalom's the one that they talk about was so handsome, such a handsome guy. I'm yeah. thinking his sister was probably as beautiful as he was handsome. Yeah. So, There's you probably, know, yeah, yeah. So she's really outstanding, and and she's a virgin, and she's gonna wait. And yeah, but he could have. He could have had her. She says it herself. Said, you know, ask the king. He's not going to withhold anything from you. So he could have. I'm thinking she was just trying to get away. Because it's embarrassing and gross. Because it's not right. She's just trying to get away. She's just trying to get to stop. Because that that ain't going to happen. David's not going to give his daughter to his son. There's a good chance. And by the way, she was, her people were summoned for her to go there. So when they left, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of power pushing going on there too. So I don't know what this about the people that they, yeah, they probably thought that's kind of odd to do it this way. Yeah. So Let's look at verse eleven. This is really uh, striking. When she brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her. Now she knows exactly what's going on. I'm thinking she's probably going, wait a minute, what's going on? And now, and he says, come lie with me, my sister. Uh, up front, he doesn't even you know, hold that back. Come lie with me. No, come lie with me, my sister. Everybody knows this is wrong. It's wrong today, or as it was at that time, or it was before. It's always been wrong. Everybody knows that. Non-believers know this. I mean, it, it is very, very evil, twisted, wicked. But if you go back to that, back to Adam and Eve, the brother and sister there that had to get married. Yeah, but but that was for all the teenagers. You wouldn't let animals do that. And at that time, before there was sin, it was that would have been okay. And for one thing, there would be who knows how close they would be. Would it would it be a brother to a sister, or a sister's daughter, or the daughter's daughter daughter? Remember, they lived for hundreds of years, so it might have not been that direct. And even if it was, you're probably talking well down the line. It's it's probably over the course. Not to mention the perfect genetics. 
decades. Right, right. And then whenever sin happened, we see the, all the results and consequences that then come with that. And that's where things changed. And of course we have Lot, which is not too far down the line, who lies with his daughters. He was drunk, but... Because remember, Lot was considered righteous enough to be saved, not necessarily his daughters. Noah and his family were saved not because of his family, but because of him. It's it's interesting. The very thing that should have driven him away from her is the thing that attracts him to her even more. That she's his sister. I think he's twisted. I think he is wicked. Just as the Bible says. It doesn't have anything to do with love. No, not at all. There is he has no intention of even marrying her or anything like that or taking care of her. He just wants what he wants. He thought that she was being straight about ask the king and he didn't want to do that. He wasn't interested in any that. Yeah, so yeah, he, we see a really wicked heart here in David's son. Um, well, if you had any questions before, I'm not really had about <laughs> <laughs> any, any question before what the thing was about, the response afterwards really right. shows itself. Do you remember uh, Uriah, David's, you know, his whole deal with that? And he was told that that's Uriah's wife. I mean, that should have been it right there. So we got the same kind of pattern going on here. You know, there's a lot of things going on, even though it sounds worse. And there is rape here, where I don't think David was involved in an absolute rape. But mm, pretty close, huh? He didn't do what he did with this year. But he's the king. Yeah. They're not going to say no to the king. You're a woman. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin taking opportunity through the commandment produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. This commandment which was to result in life proved to result in death for me. For sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So, you know, when the law prohibits something, what is about it that that's exactly what mankind wants to do? Yeah, what do kids do? As soon as you tell them, don't you do that, and what's the first thing they do? Boom, they go right for it. That's the nature of man. That's just the heart. That is very uh, foretelling to all of us. We do this. Uh, In the Garden of Eden. That's just exactly the way that it works. What's the difference? It's the same thing. But boy, is it up front. And the consequences of these kinds of sins are horrible. These are heinous acts, but it's really showing us the heart. And uh, boy, we get to see right inside the heart here of of Amnon. Mm -hmm. Now, Tamar has this appeal, which I think is really good. I think she wants, she definitely wants to do right. And she's trying to keep from this happening. She's trying to do everything that she can. Um, She answered him. No, my brother. She's, he said, you know, you're my sister, let's have sex. And he says, no, my brother, you know, you're my brother, do not violate me. Don't force yourself on me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Uh, and, and do not do this disgraceful thing. It's an utterly despicable, disgraceful thing to do. 
it couldn't be worse in that kind of situation. And she knows it. She knows God's Word. She knows that she is trying to defend herself and at the same time give him what the, you know, the truth is. 18.11 of Leviticus, The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter born to your father. She is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. There again, it's really clear. Uh, any kind of blood relatives, that is severely no. So it's an utterly disgraceful thing. Number two, uh, she would be scorned as an object of reproach. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? If this, if this happens between us, I mean, it's really going to cause damage to her. As far as Amnon is concerned, he could care less. But to her, it could bring on such a reproach. Right there in itself, he should have said, okay, I respect you. My sister, I got really, you know, I, you know, we could, you know, this could be really good, but, yeah, maybe, maybe you better go. You know, uh, I'm getting real close here. Oh yeah, he was already there, and Amnon would be regarded as a wicked fool, though. And as for you, you'll be like one of the fools in Israel. A fool is one who says there is no God. Commandments mean nothing to him. She's giving him righteous truth here. Giving him a chance to get out of this. She's not just being quiet and going, well... Um, yeah, she's giving him the word, man. <laughs> she's giving him real truth. And he is coming on forcefully, physically. And then... She does mention this, but I don't think she's really meaning she really wants to get married. But at a last, to get him away, okay, you know, or whatever it is she can do, she, you know, she says, now therefore please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. Oh, yes, he would. I think I don't think David would say, "Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead and do that." I don't think David knows much better than that. Yeah. Okay. If this be the case, then you know, if if it be right with David, then we'll, we'll get married. Then. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's not the idea that he's got in mind. However, he would not listen to her. He, she just preached the word. <laughs> she prophesied to him, man. You know. And since he was stronger than she, he violated her. He forced his way on her and lay with her. She didn't uh, have anything to do with this. She couldn't help it. She tried everything, didn't she? And uh, it didn't matter to him. Uh, Genesis 20, verse 12. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Genesis 12. Abraham. Abraham and his wife. You got it. Yeah. You've been reading behind? <laughs> uh, what's it say besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. You see, that still wasn't right. That's interesting, isn't it? Abraham did some things that were not righteous. This is Abraham, the father of the Jews. This is godly, faithful Abraham. And yet... And godly, faithful Sarah. <laughs> Here we go. It's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Same, same, same deal. Yeah. It's not right. And why didn't God say it right there? Surely it must be right at that time. No. Well, later on, we see it in the law. But I think there was a law written in the people's hearts that they knew better than that. But it, the, multiple wives. And the thing to, that Abraham did with you know the pagan woman, the handmaiden, that wasn't right. And God never ever says, well, that's okay. No. Exactly. Oh, boy. Today. It's never good. 
And we and all those multiple marriages that we see in here, David's multiples, Solomon's multiples, it is not it's not biblical, it's not right, it's wrong. And yet God is not always correcting the situation there. He's seeing he's let you see in for what it is. And we go oh. But not really. He didn't have too many. He didn't have too many children, really. But they had children, and of course, it, it multiplied. You know, it became a nation. And God held it back. How many grandchildren have you got? Grandchildren. Grandchildren. She has twenty. Her and Johnny. And five daughters and twenty grandchildren. How many great grandchildren? grandchildren. <laughs> wow. It just goes on and on. You can have your own nation, Frida. <laughs> you are the you are the the, the mother of that of them all. Yeah, the matriarch. You really are. That's pretty cool. It really is. <laughs> That's really blessed, isn't it? <laughs> start your own country. And I was you know, saying I should demand that they treat me better. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people. Oh, little girl. But now you got rid of the guilt. If you were a good Jewish mother, you would have made them feel so guilty. Yeah, I tried to do that. But if you want to move along, you should have started early. Okay, guys, we got to move. Okay. All right. Second one. Uh, Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, for the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he loved her. And he didn't really love her, did he? And Amnon said to her, Get up, go away. But she said, After all this, uh, no, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other than you have done to me. Yet he would not listen to her. Then he called his young man who attended him and said, Now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. Now she had on a long-sleeved garment, for in this manner the virgin daughters of this king, the king dressed themselves in robes. Then his attendant took her out and locked the door behind her. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long-sleeved garment which was on her, and she put her uh, hand on her head and went away crying aloud as she went. What you have here is a second sin against Tamar. Amnon's feelings towards Tamar turns to revulsed. He's revulsed at her. He can't stand the sight of her. Uh, Amnon now orders her out. Get out of here. Lock the door. Uh, and You know what? He's even more wicked in casting her off in so doing. It makes it clear that uh, he'll not have her as his wife. She no longer has any options as far as marriage and children are concerned. She doesn't have any. She Every never time gets any. I look at this, I think, why didn't she just shut up and act like nothing happened? Nobody would have known. Because he made, he made a big deal. Yeah. Nobody would have known. She could have gone back and just pretended she was still a virgin. It did. It ruined her life. And think about this. This all falls back on David. Like when David finds about all of this, the words of Nathan the prophet have to be ringing in his ears. Oh, and bringing up David, here we go again, something similar. Now, he did not get rid of Bathsheba. There's a lot of things that he did a little bit better. Uh, But what did he do? He killed her husband. So So you bring that up and you go, see the similarities? David... Boy, uh, okay, so then you have to ask yourself, I mean, here's this good little girl. She's a good girl. She's, she's yes, she righteous. Is. She's yep. all the way through this. She's righteous. And uh, she's even willing to marry this jerk <laughs> even after all this happened. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, why would God do that to her? I mean, God didn't do it. It, it was. Yeah. Why would God let that happen? He could have kept it from happening, but she why does? She was a beautiful yeah. little girl. Yeah. Because of what David did, his sins carried on through his family. It's not necessarily anything that she did. This is a question that I get from 
non-Christians. What kind of God would do that? What kind of God would take this beautiful little girl and do this to ruin her whole life? Her life is done. Here's here's the deal. And of course our our answer is not going to be understood unless they know the Lord. But why does God even allow us to live for a moment? Why does God even put up with us even though we're believers? And uh, look how God's graced us. But what do we do sometimes? We, we show our hearts, even though this girl is very innocent, she didn't do anything to deserve this. This happens all the time to people who are innocent. It happens to innocent babies. But in the long run, we know that she did and said what was right. Regardless of what happens, you know, God is blessing her in the sense that she knows right from wrong. This guy does know, but he doesn't care that she does. That makes the difference. Her reward is eternal. And that is and that's what's not going to be understood by people who do care about this. I hate to see that happen to innocent people. But God has a plan that is much higher than us. But then we always have to ask, why am I even in His, his family? Because it all is... She's a sinner, too. Just as bad as anybody else by nature. And that's the best way we can do it. I, it's not a great answer, but it is, I think, the best answer. Sometimes and the true answer. Turn those questions around on people and tell them, you think that your sins aren't as bad as this guy's? You think you're any better than him? Though? In the eyes of God, all the sins you've committed are just as bad as his. Boom. That hits right here. Because if you really get down to the law, everyone breaks that law. And if you get down... And seeing this, we realize that we could have done the same thing and been just like Amnon or David in his, in his actions there. What about Tamar? Wears a long sleeve garment. It's torn. She's mourning of what all has happened. She's lost her special position. And as far as she's concerned, she's as good as dead. Her life is really ruined. She's pretty much got leprosy at this point. That's about what it means. It's exactly right. And that's such a blessing for women. To be married, to have children, it's always the natural tendency. Number three, Absalom's revenge. Then Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now keep silent, my sister. This is Absalom along with his sister now, right? Uh, Keep silent, my sister. He's your brother. Do not take this matter to heart. So Tamar remained and was desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Now when King David heard of all these matters, he was very angry. Okay, well he should be, shouldn't he? Alright, David. But Absalom did not speak to Amnon, either good or bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had violated his sister Tamar. David is very angry. Does he ever say anything to Amnon? Now it came about after... But here it is. Absalom has a plan. But he's very patient. Now he does say the sister, keep silent, don't tell anybody. But all in the same time, he's he's going to be getting his brother. He's going to take he's going to take care of his brother, all right. After two years that Absalom had sheep shearers and Baal Hazor, which is near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. This is party time. It's been done. Now you know. Let's celebrate. We've got our work done. Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, now your servant has sheep shears. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. The king said to Absalom, Now, my son, we shall not all go, for we'll be burdensome to you. Although he urged him, he would not go, but bless him. He said, Zach, go on. You know, yeah, you guys go ahead. Have, have a good time and everything. I'm, I don't think I'll, I'll come along. Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. Make sure you get a special invitation. See, uh, uh, they've not had really speaking relations. And the king said to him, well, why should he go with now you? Now he's questioning things. Uh, why, why him? Well, but when Absalom urged him, he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. 
Absalom commanded his servants, saying, See now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Amnon, then put him to death. Do not fear, have not I myself commanded you? Don't worry, I'm the king's son. I'm going to beat the king. Don't worry about it, you're covered. Be courageous and be valiant. Kill him. Servants of Absalom did to Amnon just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each mounted this mule and fled. Uh, let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> we might be next. <laughs> uh, you know, he knows what Amnon has done to her, and then he does something quite surprising, you know, keeping the secret. But it's really not a secret. Absalom doesn't tell his sister what he really has in mind. Waits two years, waits for the right time, and uh, you know, never was this beautiful young woman to experience marriage and children. That you know, did, I think that he kind of took her in and took care of her, but that's really about it. David is fully aware of all that took place, and you know, nevertheless, it appears that David really does nothing. What is he going to do? What is he going to say? Hey, son, you're just like your old man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what is he going to say? Exactly. I mean, he had to feel that way. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, David, remember David, he instructed Joab to kill Uriah. Right. His son is instructing the servants to kill his brother. Uh, and we'll drink and be merry with wine here, right? Does that sound? Remember David trying to get Uriah drunk? Oh, just deja vu all over here, you know. Uh, anyway, David's response, you know, the remainder of David's sons are, are terrified when they see Amnon killed by Absalom's servants. Absalom intended not to kill them too, but. David is believed to think that he's killed them all. Well, the messenger came. And the news came to David saying, Absalom has killed all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. Exactly. And he gets all this news because, I mean, the person who's there just. First he saw a mongo, yep. and he's like, ah, oh, scattered. They're just panicking like, oh, they're all dead. Would you say that's a slight exaggeration? He's like, no, my son. Oh, can you imagine what's going through David's mind now? He must have suffered tremendously for the the little short time until he found out about the truth. Yeah. Okay, only one's So uh, the report came to David in 30. David said Absalom has struck down all the king's sons and not one of them is left. That's what he was reporting. Then the king arose, tore his clothes, lay on the ground. All his servants were standing by with clothes torn. Jonadab, there's the cousin, the son of Shemiah, David's brother, <laughs> responded, Do not let my lord suppose they have put to death all the young men, the king's sons. You only lost one son. <laughs> For Amnon alone is dead because by the intent, and there's a lot revealed right here, the intent of Absalom, this has been determined since the day that he violated his sister Tamar. He had in mind immediately that he's going to take care of this. It took two years. By the way, it's kind of interesting. Maybe he's thinking, I'll get rid of him. Maybe I'm next in line to be and, the king. Job dad is the guy who told Amon to go do that thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly right. It was there's the plan, you know, and he gave him the plan. Sticking a sword through his belly too. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Well, he, he just showed not. up all nonchalantly like, "Oh yeah, he might it's not. okay, it's cool." <laughs> he might not have known that. Oh, we have none of this dead. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. It says that he's. He might not have known about Jonah. That's what do you guys remember another Tamar who was raped for the sexual relations, right? Uh, it's kind of interesting that you get the, this story of this Tamar raped by Ammonon. And actually, it was you go back to Genesis, it's found in 38. Genesis 38. And because of time, we don't really get into that. But that's that would be one to read. But... 
that's Judah, which is uh, that's father-in-law, right? Uh, of her. Uh, anyway, uh, that it's interesting that that name came into play there too. Uh, Judas. I mean, did he, I thought, did he Wait, force himself on her? Judah, now, Judah took a she wife for heir. His firstborn, her name was Tamar. But then, uh, then he is, he's dead. And then came in. Oh, uh, what was it? I was going to read, and now I can't get the, uh, the all the details here. But it was it was definitely a daughter-in-law, and there was trickery involved and, and such. And yeah, right, right. Yeah. There again, it's illicit sex that uh, shouldn't have ever been done. Well, she's she pretended to be a high. She was honorable in what she did here because they were supposed she was supposed to get pregnant to carry on, and they wouldn't, and then they kept they. You know, didn't do their. They started, and then God saw that as a wicked act that he didn't do. She attracted her father. Right. Yeah. So it's, they say that what she did was not dishonorable because she was, you know, what a situation she was. She had rights. She had rights, rights and they were willing to give. That was by the law. It should have been practiced. Yeah. So that's well, honorable. I think God could have come up with something a little better than that. <laughs> right, one man, one woman. But they she took things and matters in her own hands and did. messed it up. Because then you got no, rude. She she then you got rude about Boaz and stuff like that that all works all right. the right ways. Exactly. Which is kind of interesting how like some of these stories, some of them actually turn out really well. Yeah, like the Ruth Boaz, because she turned around and was married to somebody else, but she came along. Okay, all right. Yeah. You're reading behind now. Okay, <laughs> let's finish it off. What? I know. I know. I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have mentioned that. I know. I know. It's my fault. But <laughs> okay. Okay. Jonadab knew for some time that Absalom, what his intentions were. They were close cousins and such, right? Concerning Amnon. Jonadab knew that Absalom was planning to kill uh, uh, Amnon, so there it is. And so he tells David the story. And uh, he, but the only thing is, he never did anything to prevent it. He never told other people about it, what his intentions were. You know, he let it go. It didn't. Oh, he is. He, he's bad. I have to wonder how much influence did he have on him. I think he's very opportunistic, right? With with no scruples at all. He doesn't care, you know, about murder, about rape, incest. I mean, these are the worst kinds of sins. It says when we were introduced to Job Dad that he was a very cunning character. <laughs> he certainly is. He comes up with the plans. He's the snake that David earns. And so Amnon should have known that, shouldn't he? Oh, anything he comes up with is terrible. I'm not going to go like that. Uh, so he did nothing to stop him. And, you know, you know, he's an accessory before the fact in the rape of Tamar. And he adds to his sin by knowing about Absalom's plan to kill Amnon and yet doing nothing about it. David is quiet about a lot of things here. And he gets angry about it, but he doesn't do anything about it. Uh, kind of interesting as we close it out here. 37, Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Ahimahud, the king of Geshur. And you're wondering, well, who's that? Anybody got figured out? I got a note. It says this is his, his maternal grandfather. That's right. He is the king there and he is the grandfather of uh, Absalom. And that's where he flees to. We were told that back in the so, David's father still alive, right? Or is this from the mother's side? Mother, maternal. Yeah, what's the mother? Who is the mother? Uh, yeah. uh, I have that in in that graph there, right? Do you see that? 
murdered Absalom, son of Maka, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. Yeah. Is it king? And so, you know, he, he left uh, his father's kingdom to live in Geshur, and that's east of the Sea of Galilee, I think. Um, so this, he's, he's the grandfather of Tamar and Absalom together. And so Absalom had fled, gone to Geshur, was there three years. The heart of King David longed to go out to Absalom. But what? Did he do it? No. He was comforted concerning Amnon since he was dead. So time passed and so he's okay now. He really wanted to go to Absalom. He doesn't do it though. Jeez. David's I really how this quiet. Story would have turned out if he had went to his son, or at least sent him a letter. Dear son, something. I love what you. you. Yeah. Now, please again. <laughs> Dad's on yeah, his way. Uh, at any rate, I see a lot of character here that's not so good. Do we? You've seen a lot of David at Absalom, though. 